1: This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the Sports Betting
2: Network. Hey, hour number two of the Circuit Friday Football Invitational, also known as the Saturday Bet Prep Show here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Matt Humans, thanks to Mark Lawrence, who joined me in the first hour to uh, break down a few of his plays for the Friday contest. We're going to get to everyone's best bets at the end of our number three tonight. And um, Brian Edwards is going to join me here in about 15 minutes. And also Mike Palm at 1030 Pacific with his top plays for the weekend. Let's do a quick rundown here of the NFL Week 2 rotation. And we had the uh, week kickoff last night with the Chargers blowing a lead and losing to the Chiefs 27-24. But in the Circus Sports Million contest, if you played the underdog, you were a winner. Chargers plus four. On the uh, contest card. Also in week two the first game at the top of the rotation Dolphins at Ravens. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens uh, impressive in week one but that was against the Jets and uh, how much stock do you put into a victory over the Jets? That was the number one most popular play in the Circus Survivor Contest played by over 1,600 contestants. The Ravens got the win on the road now they're three and a half point home favorites over the Dolphins look pretty good. I'm still not sold on Tua and that Miami offense, but I do think Mike McDaniel is a very creative offensive coach. And the Dolphins uh, certainly look like the second-best team behind the Bills in the AFC East, and uh, they took care of business against the Patriots make Bill Belichick look bad a week ago. Dolphins, three-and-a-half-point dogs. I'm not going to play them this week. I'm going to pass on that game. How about the Jets? They're six-and-a-half-point dogs in Cleveland against the Browns. And a lot of times in the NFL you want to buy on bad news. you got to hold your nose and play the ugly dogs. And I think you're going to see a lot of sharps on the Jets this week. And it's not like the Browns were uh, phenomenal in their win at Carolina a week ago. In fact, they needed a long field goal to win that game, pull it out of the fire. And Jacoby Brissett was good enough to help Cleveland get its first season opening win, I think since uh, 2004. It's incredible that the Browns had gone that long without winning in the first week. But they did it. They beat Baker Mayfield in his bowl game. And uh, now the Browns, six-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Jets. And Broadway Joe Flacco looks like he's going to get the start for the Jets again. I hate to bet on Joe Flacco, but I can certainly see why the Sharps are going to bet the Jets here. I'm going to pass on this one as well. How about the Lions? Favored for the first time in, I believe, 25 games. The Lions go from the dog roll to one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Washington Commanders and Carson Wentz got some injury concerns on the Detroit side here. And uh, what's also going to be interesting is we've got contestants in the Friday contest on opposite sides of this game. And uh, one contestant comes in with the best bet on the Commanders. We'll get to that later in the show. I do like the Jaguars. And I'm going to take the four in the circuit contest with the Jaguars. Uh, The Colts have not won in Jacksonville. Believe it or not, since 2014. Right now, this number has dropped to three at a lot of spots. You're catching a little bit of better, a little bit the better of it with uh, Jacksonville at plus four here. And uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jags found a way to lose to Washington a week ago. And uh, this team's going to be hungry for a win. The Colts were lucky to rally for a tie at Houston after the uh, Texans had a 20 3 lead. After three quarters, my best bet last week was Texans plus seven. So that got there. I'm going to play against the Colts for the second week in a row. Uh, how about the Bucks and the Saints? We've seen some sharp play on this game on the home dog. The Saints right now plus two or two and a half. I saw the circuit number dropping today. And uh, not a surprise. The Buccaneers are going to be without Chris Godwin. Wide receiver was injured in that Sunday night game at Dallas. He limped off with a hamstring injury. He is not going to play. I think there's a lot to like about the Saints team. Now, Jameis Winston got off a really slow start last week at Atlanta, but he picked it up in the second half and rallied big time in the fourth quarter. And the Saints won that game by one on a late field goal. And that was obviously a, uh, a comeback win that saved a lot of contestants in the Circus Survivor contest. But uh, I like the Saints here. I'm not, I'm not sure this is going to be on my contest card. It actually opened three and a half at a lot of spots. Now you're getting two and a half with the Saints, but. That looks like a play uh, worth considering. The Panthers and the Giants. Early in the week, I like the Giants. I'm going to pass on the Giants at this point. It just feels like it's one of those potential week two overreaction games where the Giants rallied to win a game. They probably should not have won. They snatched uh, victory from the jaws of defeat, and uh, Brian Dable was dancing after his debut as a Giants coach. The thing I like about the Giants is Saquon Barkley's return. He had 164 yards rushing. And if he can recapture the form he had in 2018 as a rookie, when he had 2,028 yards from scrimmage, that's going to make this entire Giants team better. It's going to make Daniel Jones better at quarterback. It's going to make Brian Dable look a lot smarter. And uh, one bet I did make this week at the uh, Westgate Superbook was Saquon Barkley at 200-1 to odds to win NFL MVP. Um Obviously, the key to that is Saquon staying healthy. It's hard for any running back to win MVP to beat out these quarterbacks. who are going to put up huge numbers. But uh, Saquon Barkley has a shot. Hey, 200-1. to one. If the Giants can find a way to win that division, who knows? I, th- I thought I was worth a play. Uh, let's go to Patriots and Steelers. And uh, sharp money on the Patriots this week, despite how poor they performed in the season opener at Miami. And it looked like Bill Belichick, I wrote about this, in the columns up at vcin.com, I, I wrap up to NFL Week 1. It feels like Bill Belichick's losing the benefit of the doubt. And I didn't play the Patriots last week just because of all the, what what I consider to be dysfunction, or kind of disorganization uh, within that organization in the offseason. Belichick made some strange draft picks. Uh, he, he hasn't really made the right moves in free agency. Uh, I also was most confused by what he's doing with the offensive coordinator position. How do you put Matt Patricia and Joe Judge in, in charge of calling the plays and then say, hey, Matt Patricia's going to be our de facto offensive coordinator when he's a, a defensive coach? And You're putting a second-year quarterback, Matt Jones, in a really tough spot, and if you watch the Patriots last week, they were disorganized on the offensive side of the ball. They really seemed to have no plan, and it looked like they had a defensive coach calling the offensive plays. I'm not going to play the Patriots here. Uh, But there is sharp money on that side, and uh, I was encouraged, even though Mitchell Trubisky did not light it up in Cincinnati last week, I thought he he did what he had to do to win. He made a big throw in overtime to put the Steelers in field goal position to win that game. Steelers obviously benefited from Joe Burrow's five turnovers, four picks, and a a fumble, and uh, they're not going to force that many turnovers every week, but uh, the Steelers' defense looked pretty good. The problem now is going to be T.J. Watt. He's out, uh, looks like for at least six weeks, with torn pec muscle. And now uh, that defense is going to miss him. But we'll see how the Steelers uh, respond this week to the big win at Cincinnati. That's the second year in a row the Steelers went on the road in week one and won a game. They did it last year as big dogs at Buffalo. Falcons and the Rams. And uh, Falcons should be playing this game off a win. They found a way to lose it to the Saints. Now they're catching 10 points. Here on the circuit contest line against the Rams who really looked bad in that Thursday night opener against the uh, Bills. They were fortunate to be tied 10-10 at the half and then this got their doors blown off in the uh, second half. I would have to think the Rams are going to bounce back and win this game. That's what everybody's going to think. Do you want to take the 10 with the Falcons? I think I can find better dogs on the card. That dog's a little bit too ugly for me this week. How about the Seahawks and the 49ers? Tight end George Kittle back at practice today. Looks like he's going to play for San Francisco. That's a key for the offense. Trey Lance is going to need to help. Debo Samuel, George Kittle are going to have to be the keys to uh, Trey Lance's development here early in the season. And he did not play especially well last week in Chicago. Now, you can make excuses and say, the you know, the fourth quarter of that game was played in heavy rain. It was a sloppy field, and all of that's true. And I expect Trey Lance to play a lot better here in week two in San Francisco. Uh, But not to the point where I want to lay the eight and a half or nine with the 49ers. I think if you play that game, if you do play teasers in the NFL, knock the Niners down to two and a half. And uh, that's what I would do with that game. I'm not going to play it in the contest. Bengals and Cowboys. And uh, we do have a couple guys in the Friday contest we are going to come in on the Cowboys. Plus seven and a half. The circuit contest line is seven. And obviously... Joe Burrow trying to, like I said, make amends for his five-turnover performance last week. It had to be, if not the worst, one of the worst games of Joe Burrow's career, and uh, the worst we've seen him play in the NFL. Bengals, seven-point favorites on the road against the Cowboys, who are obviously without Dak Prescott, and they got a lot of problems today. Mike McCarthy throwing his offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, under the bus. And uh, that's never a good sign when that happens. But Dallas is a dysfunctional organization and right now a bad football team. And Cooper Rush, the former undrafted free agent out of Central Michigan. At the time, I called him a poor man's Tony Romo. We'll see if he can live up to that and uh, lead the Cowboys to an upset. But the Bengals' seven-point road favorites, Texans and the Broncos, Russell Wilson and the Broncos came up short. On Monday night, and obviously Nathaniel Hackett catching a lot of heat for his decision to go for a 64-yard field goal instead of putting the game in Wilson's hands at the end. And uh, he paid for it. Broncos 10-point home favorites over the Texans, who I thought performed pretty well for the most part in that game against the Colts last week. The Raiders catching some sharp money early this week. This number opened 3-3.5 three, three against the Cardinals, up to 5.5 or 6, mostly 5.5 on the board now. Josh McDaniels and the Raiders asleep at the wheel in the first half last week against the Chargers. Derek Carr, a poor game. He took five sacks, turned it over three times. And Carr's going to have to be a lot better. Also, that offensive line for the Raiders uh, was disappointing. Bears and Packers on Sunday night. Packers, 10-point home favorites. And uh, you're even seeing some sharp cappers come in and lay the big number. 9.5 or 10 with the Packers at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers with an impeccable record off a week one loss with an outstanding career record against the Bears. And later in the show, we'll talk about the Monday night doubleheader, Titans-Bills, Vikings-Eagles on deck. Brian Edwards with a breakdown of uh, a few of his plays in the Circa Friday Football Invitational.
1: If you dare.
4: This is Saturday
1: Bet Prep with Matt Humans on v the sports betting network.
2: Horse racing fans, First Bet wants to invite you to enter their free sweepstakes and win a trip to Santa Anita Park on October 6th through the ninth, The grand prize package includes airfare, hotel tickets to the races, plus a $1,000 betting voucher from FirstBet. Head over to com slash horses to register. Again, First Bet and a trip to Santa Anita Park, one of the great racetracks in the U.S., even though Del Mar is my favorite. Santa Anita is right there, 1A and 1B. That's definitely worthwhile. Go to vcin.com slash horses to register uh, for that. Alright, Brian Edwards joins us now. He's one of the 16 Contestants in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational. Brian's staying up late tonight in Florida. You can follow him on Twitter at VegasBEdwards Edwards and also at Vegas Insider. And uh, Brian, thanks for uh, jumping on with us tonight. Were you satisfied with week one? You went three and two with the best bet winner, but you took a couple of frustrating losses last Saturday night.
3: Yeah,
4: you know, losing on the walk-off uh, with uh, Fresno and Oregon State was no good, and uh, no bueno on Baylor, plus three, uh, losing by six in OT. But uh, uh, if I can go three and two every week, I will be should be in decent shape.
2: All right, Chris Zanok, who's in the contest, he was listening to me describe the frustrating way in which Fresno lost that game to Oregon State. Like you said, in the last play of the game, Jack Coletto, the Wildcat quarterback, who's a linebacker, actually just walked – Waltzed into the end zone around the right side of the line of scrimmage, basically untouched. It was pathetic uh, the way the uh, Fresno defense performed in that game. Did you see enough, Brian, from Fresno to believe the Bulldogs can hang in against USC on Saturday night? And this USC offense has looked unstoppable at times so far. Trojans 11.5-point favorites at the Coliseum.
4: You know, I did uh, like what I saw out of Jake Hayner and Fresno's offense. They out yarded the Beavers, 492 to 398. Uh, they went seven and one as against the spread as a road underdog under Tedford from 2017 to 19. They went two and one uh, without him, so nine and two since 2017 uh, as a road dog. And their last ten as double digit underdogs are nine and one against the spread. And you know, Hayner went into UCLA last year let them do a comeback win in the final minute. I I think Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison and the USC offense have looked great, Uh, but it was Rice, and I'm still not sold on USC's defense at all. Stanford moves the ball well on them last week. Now the defense has been opportunistic, uh, three pick-sixes against Rice and then forcing uh, two Stanford turnovers when the Cardinals inside the five last week. But I I think Hayner and the offense is going to be able to score a lot of points. Uh, USC will score a lot as well. But I think Fresno, uh, as the double-digit dog, is the, is the way to go
2: on this one. Yeah, I had Stanford last week too, and that was uh, very annoying to watch the Cardinal cough up the ball inside the ten-yard line last week. And uh, USC got that win and cover forty-one to twenty-eight. I mentioned Chris Enuk; he said he was uh, he was considering Fresno as a stronger play. The more he looked at it, after I described what happened at the end of the game last week, Brian, does that does that make you uh, I guess a little bit more hesitant to pull the trigger on Fresno, or do you do you like the fact that Fresno took a tough loss like that and is more likely to bounce back against USC? Because I, I just didn't like the way the Bulldogs' defense performed, and um, I think it's going to be tough for them to stop the Trojans' offense here. It does look like it's going to be a shootout on paper.
4: Yeah, no, I, I agree that USC's offense is going to put up a lot of points, and uh, but I, I think it's it's okay to, that they're in bounce-back mode. Um I I would probably prefer them to win, especially since I have overseason win total over eight and a half. But uh, look, even if USC gets ahead of the number, the backdoor potential is there. Uh, I have no doubt that, you know, Hayner and Fresno are going to be able to put up 31 to 35 points, hopefully more.
2: All right. Brian Edwards is going to play Florida State plus 11 and a half. That's one of his five in the circuit Friday football invitational. Uh, Brian, let's go to what's going to, I'm going to keep it. Uh, in the Pac-12 sort of here. California plus 12 against Notre Dame. You like to dog against Notre Dame team. It's off to an 0-2 start with losses to Ohio State and Marshall uh, last week. And uh, what what do you like about Cal? I assume it's the Cal defense.
4: Yeah, uh, and uh, Justin Wilcox's uh, success as an underdog during his tenure at Cal. He's 13-1 against the spread his last 14 as a road underdog, when he's been an underdog of seven points or more, uh, Cal is 14 and three against the spread with six outright wins. And Wilcox has been a double digit dog 12 times, going nine and three against the spread with four outright victories. We've got Drew Pine making his first career start going against the Cal defense that returned eight starters from a, a unit that only allowed 19.7 uh, points per game. Last year, I think they've upgraded the uh, quarterback position a little bit with Jack Plummer. Uh, 30 to 11 career TDI and T uh, ratio. I think it's going to be a low scoring game, and I think Cal will uh, cover as double digit under as an un, double digit underdog.
1: Excuse me.
2: Yeah, Cal was a little bit lucky to escape the 20 to 14 win against uh, UNLV last week up in Berkeley, and now the uh, Golden Bears hit the road to play a Notre Dame team that's desperate for a win. And uh, I do agree with you. I think that's going to be an ugly, low scoring type of game. Brian Edwards with us, college football handicapper. Brian Edwards, Sports.com, and Vegas Insider. And, uh, Brian, let's get to a third play from you in the contest this week. And you're going to go against the number one team in college football. It's not Alabama right now. It's Georgia. You're taking South Carolina plus 25 and a half.
4: Yeah, I just think this is too many. uh, True road game. The crowd uh, will be a factor. I like what I saw out of uh, Antoine Juice-Wells the uh, South Carolina wide receiver, leading the SEC in receiving yards. He's the uh, transfer from James Madison, who was the second-team FCS All-American. Uh, last year, he had eight catches for 189 yards and a touchdown at Arkansas last week. Marshawn Lloyd, uh, their highly touted running back, who uh, tore his ACL as a true freshman in August of 2020. He looked a little rusty and a step slow last year, but he he appears to be back. He looked great last week. Uh, six catches, 72 yards. Bullied his way into the end zone on a seven yard touchdown run. Um, I'm a little concerned about South Carolina. They have some injuries on defense and their O line hadn't played well. But uh, Rattler still managed to throw for 376 yards uh, last week. I think Georgia wins by double digits, but I think it's in the uh, 14 to 21 range. And I'll take the uh, huge home underdog.
2: All right. You're calling for a closer call for the Georgia Bulldogs this week as uh, 25 and a half point favorites against South Carolina. What did you see from Spencer Rattler last week? Did he look a lot better to you in week two than he did in his debut for South Carolina? He did look better. Now, he was still
4: getting pressured a lot. He did have one interception, and he did have a fumble. But, I mean, 376 passing yards. He hit Wells on a a huge play that, you know, I was sweating out the Arkansas. That, uh, you know, was a temporary backdoor cover when Wells made that huge play. Uh, but Arkansas got another touchdown to get back ahead of the number. But uh, I was having to sweat because uh, Rattler was rallying them uh, <laughs> late, and uh, I uh, I think he'll play well tomorrow if he if he, if he gets time. Uh, but Wells gives them that big play uh, potential that uh, I like to see.
2: Yeah, I was with you on the uh, the Hogs last week. His eight point favorites went up to nine, and they won that game 44-30 against South Carolina. Uh, Brian, let's talk about a couple more games in college football. Georgia State. Uh, What do you like about that? I I think you're playing the Georgia State team total over.
4: Well, I'm just looking to go against this atrocious uh, Charlotte defense any way I can. So last week I had Maryland uh, team total over 26 and a half in the first half. They had 28 with 1255 left left in the second quarter, and they went over uh, their team total for the game, 46 and a half, uh, with uh, I think it was uh, 240 left in the third. So this Georgia State defense, They've given up 56, 41, and 43 to Maryland, Bill & Mary, and FAU, respectively. They've got a D.C. and Greg Brown, who's calling defensive plays for the first time since 2012 when he had the same role at Colorado State. I'd say he's a little rusty at it. And, uh, look, the Panthers have averaged 217.5 yards per game against two Power 5 opponents. Uh, Granger, the quarterback, had three touchdown passes. Without an interception last week. They're starving for a victory. Uh, Had a 14 12 lead at South Carolina midway through the third. Uh, Led UNC by seven uh, with a minute left in the third last week, but come up short uh, both times. I think they put it on Charlotte early and often. And the team totals for Georgia State over 20 and one half in the first half and over 40 and one half in the game. Uh, Those are probably my two favorite plays of the day tomorrow.
2: All right. Georgia State Panthers, 19 and a half point favorites against Charlotte. In that one, Brian Edwards. Uh, let's talk about one more game. I always say you're one of the sharpest SEC guys I know. You got about a minute left for this one. Mississippi State at LSU Bulldogs as favorites in Baton Rouge. Uh, quick breakdown of this one. Yeah, I made
4: Mississippi State three. Uh, I lean their way in uh, my contests where I've got to pick uh, 25 assigned games. I went with Mississippi State, but it is a very tough travel spot. So I- I'm passing on it. Uh, you know, I would love to see. Uh, LSU to get out to a ten nothing or fourteen nothing lead and be able to get Mississippi State as a you know decent sized underdog maybe four or five points uh, on a live bet. Uh, I w- I would hope LSU gets out of the lead. I can do that. Uh, we'll see what happens. But Will Rogers has looked great, and I think Mike Leach has got one of his best teams ever.
2: All right, Brian Edwards, three and two in week one with the best bet winner. Uh, follow him at Vegas Insider. Brian, good luck this weekend. Thanks, man. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me. All right, Mike Palm, the vice president on deck. We're going to get Mike Palm's best bets for this week, and also talk about a fight promotion at Circa tomorrow night, and a little contest wrap up: the Carnage and the Circa Survivor in uh, Week One. Mike Palm on deck. Stay tuned. The Send the Sports Betting Network.
1: humans on Vsin, the sports betting network.
2: Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to Vsin Pro. Get full access to everything we do. Sign up on our discounted football special and get Vsin Pro access to everything we do now all the way through the Super Bowl for only $175 or save 50% off the monthly with an annual subscription. And bet smarter all year long, vcin.com slash subscribe to see all of the options and become part of the sports betting network. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. Mike Palm, the vice president, Circa, Golden Gate, and the D is with us now. And, uh, Mike, thanks for jumping on this week. I did want to talk, as you do every week at this time, I did want to talk here to kick it off and let you promote a fight on Saturday night, which is uh, going to be a special thing for Circa Out of Stadium Swim Canelo Alvarez and Janati Golovkin. And uh, we don't have many big boxing events anymore, but this is going to be a big one Saturday night right here at Circus Sports. Canelo is a $5 favorite, minus 500. The round prop is 10.5 over, shaded minus 215. But you can watch this fight at Stadium Swim, right?
5: Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. And Bud Kiko that runs the downtown Las Vegas event center for us did a great job negotiating really exclusivity of showing this fight in Las Vegas, there's four MGM sports books, and of course, their product um, that are closest to T Mobile that are going to show it in a minor capacity in their book. But no one featuring it like us, and we're doing it at Stadium Swim. Uh, $75 is the, the entrance fee before 5 p.m. tomorrow. It's $100 after five o'clock. No re entry after six, but you can, in that credible atmosphere, uh, at Stadium Swim, going to show the fight, and I think we're going to have a heck of a crowd, a couple thousand people up there tomorrow night to watch this. And you're right, very few big boxing matches, and so we're really excited that we landed this one.
2: How do you think it finishes? Is it going to go the distance?
5: <sighs> Tough. I-, I hope it does, just, just for the sake of uh, for the sake of the people that are coming out to watch it. Um, I-, I don't know that there's any advantage. That number's probably about right, and uh, you know, maybe a little. A little you know favorite to the under here, but uh, should be a great fight.
2: Yeah, Triple G, I don't think has uh, got what he once had, but we'll see if he's uh, got enough to give Canelo 12 rounds on Saturday night. Catch it at Stadium Swim. Alvarez and uh, Triple G. I want to talk about the Circus Survivor Carnage from Week One, Mike. We knew there was going to be some uh, to a certain extent with so many popular road favorites in Week One, but uh, five of the top six went down last week. The Ravens, the most popular team survived, but you had the Colts, the Titans, the Niners, the Broncos, actually four of the top five most popular teams went down. The Saints survived by a point, and then the Bengals also went down. So it's 6,133 entrants, and how many are left? About 2,600, right?
5: 2,685. We'd have been down to almost 2,000 if the Saints don't overcome a 16-point fourth-quarter deficit in Atlanta. 57% of the entries were eliminated in week one, Compare that to last year when only 14 percent of the entries were eliminated. I think this week there's some clear favorites, home double-digit home favorites. I don't think this week is going to see a lot of eliminations unless there's a shocking upset. But then week three gets tough and week four is no bargain. So I wonder if after week four we're not down under 1,500 entries. It certainly might change some people's strategies coming in with over 6,000.
2: Now, when you run a contest like this, you probably don't want to see that many people wiped out in the first week, right?
5: Yeah. Derek says it's bad because people get angry. I remember the first year we did it and 35% lost on the Colts at Jacksonville. <laughs> Brent, was one, Brent was one of them. Paulie yeah, Howard. It yeah. was so, so bitter. They were just angry. I mean, so there's others though, guys, I talked to, you know, they had six entries, four are gone and they're just like, wish you could have it do it over again. And maybe next year we'll, we'll plan differently. But, uh, the thing about it is this, this, there's so many storylines to it, and it's so exciting. Not only are you rooting for your team, you're rooting against the teams everybody else,
2: chose. Yeah, you're right about that. All right, let's get to uh, the Circa Friday football invitational. Mm-hmm. Derek Stevens put up $25,000. First three places are going to get paid out of the 16 handicappers. And Bill eighty, the COO here at v tried to pit you against me in a, a separate mini contest. That's not the case. We're competing against all 16 guys in the bracket, Mike. And uh, you and I both went two and three last week. We did have a best bet winner, uh, so we'll try to get at least to three and two or better uh, this week. And uh, we're opposite of one game, but uh, that's it. Last week, the game that you and I had in common that really let us down was the Raiders and the Chargers over the total. What happened to the Raiders and Derek Carr in the first half? They seemed to be asleep at the wheel.
5: Yeah, really slow start there, and then we were we were kind of playing behind the eight ball I even. Know. You know, not scoring in the last two minutes—it was really strange. I thought that game could still get 27 by halftime, and uh, you know, yards, and then you don't know, convert in touchdowns. And look, uh, Chargers now two and zero to the under after the Thursday night game with Kansas City.
2: Yeah, that's right. Okay, let's get to uh, Mike Palm and your uh, five top plays this week. You're an Iowa guy, but not this week. And uh, you don't like these—you don't like the Hawkeyes laying the points. At Circus Sports this morning, the number was 24. You're taking a wolf pack in the points against the Hawkeyes.
5: Yeah, talk about ugly dogs. I mean, they just got beat at home in Reno by Incarnate Word. But ho- how do you lay 24 with Spencer Peters as your quarterback? I mean, this team has scored seven points each of the first two games. <laughs> it's a matchup by passer rating, Maddie. Iowa with the worst rated quarterback in the country, and Nevada with the third worst rated. But at the same time, they gave up 50 points to Incarnate Word. How about this? Like 24 and a total of 39 and a half. So are they saying that Nevada can't score at all. I mean, I think I think Nevada can get even if Nevada gets seven. You think Iowa's going to get to 32? I just think it's way too many points. A bad defense against a horrific quarterback. And if it is Iowa just running the ball, that means shorter possessions, fewer possessions. I just thought this number anything over three touchdowns was a stretch. So I'll take the points on the road with
2: the Wolf Pack. And you got 24 of them with the Wolf Pack. Uh, that was the number at Circus Sports this morning. How about another team that's been anemic offensively, Texas A&M? You're going to play Miami and A&M under the total of 44-and-a-half.
5: Yeah, and Miami hasn't been impressive, impressive offensively, and then we saw Texas A&M really struggle. Haynes King, the quarterback change here. But still, this wrecking crew defense uh, is for real. And Miami struggled to score at home, and now they have to go to Kyle Field against a, a fan base that was embarrassed by that whole midnight yell and all that stuff. I like actually like I like two plays here. I'm not going to play two in the same side. I think A&M covers this game, but I don't think Miami gets too many points here. I I think you know I look at this game as a 24-13, 24-14 uh, type of game. But I went under the 44 as one of my five best plays here.
2: Okay, the Buccaneers Sunday night beat the Cowboys 19-3. Uh, they got some work to do offensively, but their defense looked pretty good. I've seen some pretty sharp cappers come in on the Saints this week, but this number opened three and a half. You're going to play the Bucs at less than a field goal here. Tampa Bay minus two and a half at New Orleans.
5: 19 to three is a very deceptive score. The game was like 38 to three. I mean, they went up and down the field. They right. They only sputtered in the red zone, and all of a sudden Brady couldn't convert on third down in the red zone. Dallas had only forced one punt at the time Prescott got hurt. And outside of their opening drive where they kicked a field goal, Dallas had less than 100 yards of total offense before Prescott went out. I, I don't know. This This Tampa Bay defense looked elite to me, and I'm concerned with the same team that outside of Mar- Marcus Mariota fumbling inside the five would have never even won that game in Atlanta. Mm. Where was their defense the first three quarters there? I'll take the Bucks less than a field goal.
2: Yeah, the Falcons blew that game. A horrendous fourth quarter. Mm. Uh, I call mm. you the undertaker, but you're going to play it over here. Commanders and the Lions over the total of 48.
5: Boy, this Lions defense looks pretty bad. Deceptive cover there, another backdoor for them against the Eagles. But I thought the Eagles pretty much did whatever they wanted on offense in that game. And we saw Carson Wentz, you know, he scores for you and he scores for the other team as well uh, against Jacksonville. That was a game where there could have been more points on the board with a lot of missed opportunities. I played this game over the 48, a little bit of concern with the Detroit offensive line issues. But I think they'll be throwing the ball a lot here, so a lot of stop clock, a lot of possessions over forty-eight. Uh, Commanders Lions. All
2: right, follow him on Twitter at Mike Palm circa. He's on Nevada plus twenty-four, Miami, Texas A and M under forty-four and a half, Bucks minus two and a half, and Washington Detroit over forty-eight. Let's get to your best bet. And You're going to lay the eleven against Nebraska here. Scott Frost final thirteen losses all by single digits. Do you think the Sooners going to Norman, or excuse me, Sooners going to Lincoln, and win big tomorrow?
5: Yeah, I, just the line move. I mean, we opened this fourteen down to eleven. It's all off Scott Frost. Who's the big lift here? Look, Scott Frost had nothing to do with giving up forty-five to Clay Helton at home. They're tied going to the fourth quarter as a twenty-four point favorite. The week before, they blow the game against Northwestern. I think Oklahoma is a superior team. I just don't think Nebraska's that talented, Maddie. The kids. I mean, the kids that, that played. For Scott Frost's teammates wouldn't even go there and play for him. I think you won't see Urban Meyer going to Lincoln because the coverage is pretty bare. I just don't think they're competitive here, and I don't think a Frost lift is worth three points, him getting fired here. I'll take Oklahoma and Leyland. All
2: right, that's going to be early tomorrow morning, and I think, Mike, that's the, uh, from what I've heard, I'm not sure it's circuit, but most books across the country say the most bet game right now as of uh, Saturday.
5: It absolutely is for yeah. us so far.
2: All right, and that number here at Circa Sunday morning actually opened Oklahoma 16 and uh, Mike laying the 11, a discounted price this morning on the Circa line. Uh, Mike, thanks a lot, man. I always appreciate you jumping on here on Friday nights. We'll see you out here at Circa tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, keep doing the great work. Thanks, Matty. All right, thanks, buddy. Mike Palm, the VP, great to have him on this show every Friday night with his five best bets, and his actual best bet is Oklahoma minus 11. Quick break, we come back wrap up the hour. More NFL and college football betting talk here on the the Esports Betting Network.
0: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play Stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
3: I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The best conversations
0: I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
4: A
1: Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network.
2: Here's a good idea kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line boost and special. Week one, Bet Rivers have parlay insurance and touchdown insurance offers. And uh, that continues every Sunday all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. If it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown. Between the Bears and the Packers on Sunday night football, get your money back as as a free bet if they score at any time. Head to betrivers.com or download the BetRivers app. It's a whole new game, betrivers.com. All right, let's get to um, my best bets. And again, Mike Palm and I competing against the entire field just for entertainment purposes only here in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational. You just saw Mike Palm's five best bets, and uh, I'll get to my five right now. And Mike and I are opposite on a game. I'm I'm playing Nebraska plus 11 against Oklahoma. And I talked about Scott Frost and the coaching change. Scott Frost was not to blame necessarily for the defense being so bad, but I think what you're going to see here – and a lot of times this coaching change angle is very popular with handicappers. Just like hitting the reset button, you're going to see a new attitude. I think you're going to see a supercharged environment in Lincoln on Saturday. And if you uh, look at the way Nebraska performed under Frost in the last two years, it's not like this has been a hopeless, pathetic team. Nebraska went 3-9 and nine last season. The largest margin of defeat in that time, nine points at Ohio State. The last 13 losses by Frost at Nebraska, all by single digits. A year ago, the Cornhuskers went to Norman as 22-point dogs. Oklahoma had to make a late defensive stand to win that game 23-16, to and that was a better Oklahoma team with Lincoln Riley coaching and Caleb Williams, at quarterback, and Nebraska had a great shot to win that game on the road. Casey Thompson, the Texas transfer, is off to a slow start. He's got four TD passes and three picks. Anthony Grant's a big-time running back. And I still think Nebraska's got plenty of talent. He had 22 transfers this year for Scott Frost. And uh, really, things started to go south with his bonehead decision to try the onside kick when he had the lead against Northwestern in the opening game in Dublin, Ireland. And things have gone downhill. And uh, Nebraska pulled the plug, finally, on Scott Frost last week. Trev Alberts said that's enough. We can't wait until October 1st. When his buyout is cut by 50%, he paid him the $15 million to get lost now. Mickey Joseph takes over as interim coach. And I do think you're going to get a big emotional boost uh, by the coaching change. And uh, I'm on Nebraska plus 11. Hopefully that single-digit loss trend continues. And I, I do think the Huskers should be live to win this game. It's not like Oklahoma has been outstanding in the first two games. The Sooners played UTEP and Kent State. And I watched last week's game. Golden Flash has had 11 first downs, and the Sooners had seven at halftime. Oklahoma had to score late to take a seven-to-three lead to the locker room. Now you do have a potentially explosive offense here for Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback and Marvin Mims, the wide receiver. But anytime you're playing a double-digit dog, yeah, you're going to have concerns, uh, of course. Uh, but I think Nebraska's coaching change is going to be the big factor here, and I expect a big game out of Casey Thompson. And maybe that black cloud that was hanging over the program has been lifted. And uh, the Cornhuskers are going to play like a different team tomorrow. Anyway, I expect a close game. I took 11 with the Huskers. Tomorrow morning, I played Syracuse. I actually took the opener here at Circa. Purdue opened as a three-point favorite at Syracuse. I took plus three. I'll still play it here in the contest. Syracuse minus one and a half. Garrett Schrader off to a hot start. I did not think this orange team was going to be this good. Uh, this season, especially this early, I think a lot of betters have been surprised. Syracuse outscored Louisville and UConn 79-21 to to open the season. Garrett Trader, 79% completions, five touchdowns, no picks. Uh, I expect a shootout in this game between Purdue and Syracuse. Uh, the Makers quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, uh, one, of, one of the best in the Big Ten. And uh, Purdue put up 56 points last week, 31 in the opener against Penn State. I think this could going to be a highly entertaining game that Syracuse finds a way to win. So we go Syracuse minus one and a half, Nebraska plus 11. Uh, one more in college football. We're going to play LSU plus three and a half. And this is a game Brian Kelly really needs to win. Talked about this with uh, Mark Lawrence in the first hour tonight. Uh, I, I'm a little bit surprised that LSU is a full three-point home dog in this game. I make my numbers for college football every uh, Saturday night or early Sunday morning. And my pro tip uh, this hour would be make your own numbers whenever possible. College football, NFL, uh, college basketball, whatever sports you specialize in as a handicapper, make your own numbers so you're ready to act and not react when you see the opening numbers posted by a sports book such as Circus Sports. So uh, when I talk about this Purdue-Syracuse game, my number that I made was uh, Purdue minus one and a half. And when I opened uh, Purdue uh, minus three, I went ahead and grabbed the uh, what I thought was a good number of Syracuse as a home dog right there. But the LSU game was a little bit different. I made LSU a one-and-a-half-point home favorite. It opened Mississippi State minus three, and obviously the betting market disagrees with my number because uh, LSU is still a three-point dog in this game. I think Jaden Daniels has done a pretty good job of picking up Brian Kelly's offense. It was a very slow start. Uh, for Daniels and the Tigers in that first game against Florida State. But since then, he has uh, started to pick things up a little bit. And uh, I've been encouraged, I think, by what I've seen from him. I was not the biggest Jaden Daniels fan in his last couple years at Arizona State. I did think Brian Kelly was going to bring out the best in him. And uh, we're going to find out Saturday night in Baton Rouge if uh, Kelly can bring out the best in Jaden Daniels. Because it's a pretty good Mississippi State defense. But it's back-to-back road games for the Bulldogs. And I thought last week when uh, I bet Arizona and lost against Mississippi State that uh, the biggest problem in that game was Arizona's quarterback, Jaden DeLora, just uh, did not get it done. He, uh, he ran around like a chicken with his head cut off most of the night. And I thought it was the biggest reason that Arizona, which looks so good in a win at San Diego State, uh, looked so bad in the second half against uh, Mississippi State. But back-to-back road games, tough trip. And uh, LSU was a home dog Saturday night in Baton Rouge. Get the full three on that one. A couple in the NFL. There was sharp money on the Raiders early this week. And I agree with it for the most part. Uh, I think it's probably a fade of the uh, Arizona Cardinals and what's going on right now with uh, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Because if, if you watch Murray against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs last week, he was having trouble with the elementary things. And... It looks like the story that came up in the offseason about Murray needing to put in more study time became a story for a reason. He did not do a good job of reading defenses. He's obviously not the most prepared quarterback out there, and I thought he was confused way too often and just didn't pick up on simple reads that he, he should have picked up on against the Kansas City defense. It feels like the Cliff Kingsbury-Kyler Murray thing is uh, really headed in the wrong direction. And uh, the Cardinals are going to be a fade until proven otherwise. Right now, the worst pass defense in the NFL is Arizona's. And uh, that's going to be a problem against Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro this week. And last week, Derek Carr targeted uh, Devontae Adams 17 times. He had 11 catches for 140 yards and a TD. Devontae Adams was a real deal. The problem was Derek Carr was not. Carr was, uh, I thought playing one of his worst games, especially one of his worst first halves. And there was no sense of urgency by the Raiders in the first half, either with Josh McDaniel's play calling or uh, Carr's play in general. And I think you're going to see a Raiders team that's much more focused this week, especially more focused to get off to a fast start. And I like the Raiders actually to come back off that weak performance against the uh, Chargers where they lost by five, 24 to 19. Raiders had a chance to get in the back door, by the way, plus three and a half, and Derek Carr with threw a after the right tackle jumped off sides at the one-yard line on the second second opportunity to get the two-pointer car through a hopeless pass out of the back of the end zone, and the Raiders lose by five as three-and-a-half-point dogs at the Chargers. I don't play many favorites, especially favorites more than a field goal in the NFL, but this is a tough card this week. It's It's hard to find plays I really like, but I do think the Raiders are in a good spot. To beat a Cardinals team, it looks like a go-against right now. So we go got Raiders minus five and a half, and the best bet on the card is the Eagles minus two. I've talked about it for months, how much I like this Philadelphia team. Talked about it since May. Jalen Hurts, by the way, pro football focuses highest-rated quarterback on throws beyond the sticks in week one in the NFL. A.J. Brown, a big first week. This Philly defense is down its best pass rusher this week. I'm a little bit surprised the Eagles are uh, less than full field goal favorites at home on Monday night in uh, that second game of that doubleheader. And uh, Jalen Hurts, who had 333 total yards last week against the Lions, I think out-duels Kirk Cousins on Monday night. And I like the Eagles as my top play in the NFL. Actually, the the Vikings off that emotional game against the Packers. And also, it's a, a rookie head coach in his first road game. So we go Eagles minus two as the best bet. And uh, that wraps up my best bets for this week. All right. The Circa Friday Football Invitational. We get to all 16 handicappers plays next. Stay tuned on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.